Virginia. Did you know the law protects patients from surprise medical bills? Insurance companies and hospitals post cost information online. You can request a good faith estimate three days ahead of hospital care. Know your rights as a healthcare consumer. Visit controlyourcare.com to learn more about patient-focused healthcare laws. Controlyourcare.com can help empower your healthcare decisions. Paid for by the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association. Okay, we're rolling. Today's episode brought to you <laughs> by beer. By beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're drinking some beers today. So, okay. Hi, everybody. We're actually on camera for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the purpose of this episode is to go all the way back. Wow. Because I think maybe as a process of doing some after shows for Patreon, if you haven't checked it out yet, patreon.com slash Lesbian. Love it. Sign up, please. Please and thank you. We've got some good stuff up there. Yeah, we're working and on more it. more coming. Right, this video we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. But for those of you just listening, no problem with that, um, you will notice that episode one, hmm, how do we describe episode one, Shelley? Well, my behavior <laughs> on episode one, behavior is not the right word. The way I was in episode one, I was so freaking nervous. You were really nervous. And I was yeah. very quiet. Those of you who have listened since and now are maybe listening to this, you're like, uh, how Shelly's is that the same quiet. person? I know. Yeah, because no. I'm not a quiet person. No, you're not. I was just person. terrified of doing this thing. Yeah, and I remember I went back to the very raw files. I wasn't even that enthusiastic. I was like, so this is the podcast, <laughs> Latter Day Lesbian. Uh huh. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. Yeah, <laughs> you're like whispering. <laughs> and now we're like, hey, welcome to Latter Day Lesbian. No, let me talk. Let me talk. That's how we are. My turn. <laughs> My turn. <laughs> Should we do our intro? Yeah. Do it. Okay. Go. Since we're kind of doing this sort of backwards. Yep. Hello. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, a podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out life. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. Okay. And and for those of you just tuning in to episode one. Yeah, this is your first time listening. Shelly is the Latter-day Lesbian. It's me. It's me. Although, and we point this out, she's not a Mormon any longer. No. She's no longer a Mormon. Nope. I could have said that a little more smoothly, yeah. I think. Yeah. So you were a lifetime Mormon until... Born and raised. Yeah. Born and raised till like a few years ago. Four years ago, Yeah, maybe? born and raised in the covenant. Uh, or the cult. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what that means? Born and raised in the covenant? Did we need to save that for fucked up Mormon phrase of the day? Which, okay, so for those of you just tuning into episode one, <laughs> you won't know what that is. When did that hit? Like episode 15 or 16? 15, probably. 14, okay. 15, 16. We get better at this. Yeah. And that is the whole point in doing this, um, I don't know what we're calling it, addendum Sure. to episode one is to let you know that we don't suck as bad as we do on the original <laughs> recording. It's true. The mics were shit, mm-hmm. we found out. How many mics have we gone through now? Oh, my God. I don't even want to talk about it. Okay. I don't even want to talk about the microphone budget, which there wasn't one. That <laughs> still isn't. Mm. Yeah. Well, we were just trying to figure this out. Yeah. And had different advice along the way. Now I think we're in a really good place, t- thanks to Dan. Hey, Dan. Thanks, Thank Dan. Thank you. So that's kind of why we're doing this. We're going back and trying to do this a little bit better. And then if you're brave, after the break, you can listen to the original episode one in its entirety. Anyway, shall we continue with yeah, summing so- up episode the original episode one? Sure, sure. Ask okay. away. Oh, right. So I think I started with, so you're not currently Mormon. Right. But you were raised Mormon. Yes. 
And then I said something like, and your parents are Mormon. Yes, and their parents were Mormon. Their parents were Mormon, so et cetera. So pioneer on. heritage. Pioneer, pioneer stock, stock is meaning what said. my Mormon roots go back to like long time, long time ago. Well, it was like 1823, I think, Mormonism kind of got started with Joseph Smith. Yeah, something around those I think those that years. was it. That date mm-hmm. sticks in my head for some reason, even though, I mean, traditionally we haven't been great at dates. You can look all this stuff up. Yeah. So I'm whatever. not great at dates. I think because the dates for me didn't matter. I was all in. It was like, this is the religion that I'm being raised in. And so I believe it. And so the yeah. dates didn't matter. No one had to tell me a date to make me believe something was true or not true. Didn't matter. Yeah, you just bought it all. Yeah. Well, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And then we talked about how Joseph Smith was not the one who went westward mm-hmm. with the suckers. I mean, the early Mormons. Mm-hmm. It was Brigham Young. Yeah. Interesting about that is that Brigham Young told people to go west because they were going to settle Salt Lake. Settle Salt Lake. And he had people go like in the middle of the winter and so many people so died. Why didn't he wait till summer? Because he sucks and because people were just <laughs> blindly following him and they like to act like, oh, Brigham Young, this great leader, blah, blah, blah. He waited until the nice weather and then he went with this oh, really? huge, oh yeah, he went with this huge oh, ass caravan. Oh my God. With like plenty of food and plenty of everything. Like, that's not what a leader does. A leader doesn't send the little people out first and say, uh, go go in the wintertime. That's terrible. It is terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we talked about how Joseph Smith was killed by a mob and was thrown out a window or something, mm-hmm. maybe. Is mm-hmm. that what happened? I think it was an inside job, oh, if you, if you yeah. want my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's an interesting thing with Mormonism. I was always taught that Joseph Smith and the early Mormons were driven out of Nauvoo for their religious beliefs. And so that made me feel very protective of my religion. Like, like these people were martyrs. They were persecuted. And I could kind of feel persecuted too. And so then I would have to defend, defend, defend. Hmm. Okay. Question. If there was a religious group in your community and the men in that religious group were trying to marry your 13 and 14 year old daughters, huh? I wonder if you might want to kick them out too. I say, yeah. (laughs) I get it. So it wasn't because they just didn't like that Mormons thought they were the one true church. They didn't like that they were trying to marry their their children, their teenage daughters. Not just marrying their 14-year-old girls, but plural marrying them, meaning this old man is already married to three or four other people and then wants to come marry your 14-year-old daughter on top of that, tell her to follow him across the country to some new promised land. Yeah, I'd be, want, I'd be wanting to drive them out too. Yeah. Also, there are a lot of stories of them being very violent in the defense of their of their Mormonism because Brigham Young taught that it was okay to kill to defend Mormonism. Wow. So the stuff I was taught was is actually just whitewashed history, and it's not true. You also talked about in episode one about some spoon story. Oh God, yeah! All the stories of my Mormon pioneer uh, heritage—they're all these faith promoting stories, which are just horrible. And there's one that one relative were like going across the plains in their cart or whatever, and their infant dies of like freezes to death or malnourished or something. Anyway, infant dies. The ground is frozen solid. And mm-hmm. so the mom uses like her mother's spoon like to a dig a shallow, spoon. yeah, family heirloom spoon to <laughs> dig a shallow grave to bury this. And when I'm hearing this as a kid, like I have no reference outside of Mormonism as a child, mm-hmm. you know, like this is my everything. And hearing that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, well, wow, you know, how stalwart of this lady to sacrifice everything to follow the prophet. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how it was taught to me. Yeah. Anyone on the outside to be like, 
what the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you following some guys like, oh, I speak for God. Let's right. go. Let's go settle the West and um, have a bunch of wives. You might die along the way, but whatever. <laughs> I'll I'll be there in a minute. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think I replied to the spoons. Story, what nobody had a shovel <laughs> no. back then. No, you've had to like you had to scrape was... the frozen dirt with a spoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was also the weird stories of a child dying in the in on the handcart, um, and like the wolves are circling and wanting to get you know to kill everyone yeah, left, and so kill. they take the dead baby, infant, toddler, whatever, and throw it off the handcart to, to feed like the to feed the wolves, so the wolves will leave them alone, so they can make it to Zion. Zion, uh, yeah, okay, like the promised land, Some yeah, crazy shit. Uh, the promised land slash Zion was already discovered by the Israelites. Did mm. the Mormons realize that? No, it's kind of a repeat of an idea. Yeah, nothing new there, Mormons. No, I think um, most religions are just a regurgitation of something before. Actually, if you look into a lot of the Mormon stuff, the temple ceremonies and things take so much from the Masonic rituals. So that's oh, for like, sure. Yeah. We want to actually get into that. In the yeah, podcast. yeah, we will for sure. I think we also talked about how you couldn't stand dressing up for church. <sighs> Shirley Temple perms oh, God. ringing a bell. My mom loved Shirley Temple, so I always had these Shirley Temple perms. <laughs> it's not a good look. Kids. No, 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 no. It wasn't for me anyway. Um, and I always had to wear dresses to church, and I hated, hated, hated wearing them. It just felt like wrong. Yeah. It, it not that not just that it was like itchy or whatever. No, it just felt wrong. It felt like I was in the wrong clothes. I was in the wrong right. thing. Yeah. It was never you. No. And then you talked about how your mother led the music and she would lead a hymn or something mm-hmm. and you would be taking your clothes off mm-hmm. and she would play faster and faster and then you'd put your clothes in a neat pile Oh, a nice neat pile. Yep. <laughs> well, yep. It's so funny that you took the time to fold the clothes that you had just removed from yeah, your body. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to get them off. Mm-hmm. They just didn't feel normal to me. Yeah. And even as an adult... You know, getting married, wearing a big dress to get married in was, it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel right. I always felt like I was faking when I was dressing um, really feminine yeah. and doing churchy things. Mm-hmm. The, the clothing itself just felt like I w- had borrowed somebody's clothes. Mm-hmm. Never felt right. I think the other thing we kind of figured out about doing episode one is there's just so much to talk about. Yeah. If we just look at your bio, yeah. um, raised Mormon. Yep. Birthed seven children. Mm-hmm. Oh, married young. Married young in the temple, like yep. you do. Like you do. Seven kids. Yep. Uh, figured out in your 40s that you wanted to leave the church, mm-hmm. and you probably were a lesbian, and then you got divorced. So there's a lot. We just realized there was so much to cover. Yeah. We would probably never run out of something to talk about, and we couldn't cover it all in one episode. No, no way. So that's why this thing rolls out, and we skip around a bunch. Sure. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, if you are just new to the podcast and it makes you crazy if people kind of meander around in their topics. Sorry. Sorry. We are both um, cursed or blessed with ADD. Yeah. And there's just so much to talk about because we'll be on one topic and then I'll be like, oh my gosh, that just triggered something or reminded me of something else and I got to go into it. I got to get it all out. Right. This is um, very therapeutic. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's true. Everybody. It's true. What else did we talk about? Well, the one thing that we hadn't gotten to yet in the first few episodes mm-hmm. was listener feedback. We have um, now, since since then, have so many messages and emails. It's amazing. We read at least one every podcast. Mm-hmm. 
uh, later, but I can't remember exactly when we started that. Maybe in episode four or five. I don't really remember. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot that we hadn't started doing yet in episode one. Uh, there's also our roast the trolls segment yeah. because sure enough, as soon as we started doing this, the trolls started coming out uh-huh. of the woodwork. They Family sure members, did. random strangers, mm-hmm. old friends, just so upset by us daring to. Oh, and just complete strangers saying yeah. things like, "Stay oh, in the closet." Sounds, yeah, stay in the closet. This sounds demonic to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Totally. Well, I guess you haven't met any gay people, huh? Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, <laughs> troll. <laughs> yeah, so we roast a few. Yeah. There's that. And then we started um, talking about other people's podcasts, sharing mm-hmm. the love. Yeah, we pimped their pods. Yeah. We got some good ones. Yeah. Yeah, we did that. And uh, the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Now, that's a fun one. That is a fun one. Yeah. So we have a phrase every podcast that we like to try to analyze, mm-hmm. try to figure that out. It's funny. You will enjoy hearing Mary respond to half the things I say because she... I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, and then I put in a little countdown clock and a game show buzzer because I never get anything no, right. She never how will. would you? It's ridiculous. You have to be raising it. You have to. It's all fucked up and made up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. It's a true story. What else in episode one? Oh, gosh. A lot of my child, my, well, my entire childhood was about male versus female roles in life. I come from a family of my dad and three older brothers, and they're very macho and very... Um, just no better than anyone else. And my mom yeah. is very sweet, very kind, but also doesn't have an opinion. Um, so no strong female role no models. No strong female role models in my life as a child uh, growing up. And so that really sort of set me up to stay Mormon. Yeah. I think that's what Mormonism does is they set women up to not think. Because if you think about it long enough and analyze, you'll be like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Why am I in this? Why yeah. am I allowing men to tell me what to do, what to wear, where to go, how wow. many kids to have, um, you know, everything? They want to make it so young women under- come to the understanding that they have to rely on a man completely mm-hmm. for everything. Yeah. And so they keep you locked in this patriarchy mm-hmm. and, ke- and marriages. Yep. And they keep you making more Mormons because when you have more Mormons, you have more money going into the, to the yep. Mormon coffers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a racket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is quite it really the racket. Is. Uh, also, I go into some pretty good detail about relationships with my family, um, which can be hard for me at times to talk about because, you know, some of my family is trying harder than others. Um, but we just kind of come to the conclusion that this is my truth. And if I leave out the bad parts or leave out the good parts, it, it's not true anymore. Sure. So we're, we're, it's not an accurate picture. We put it all out there. Yeah, it's all out there for mm-hmm. sure. I think I also called you a sturdy girl. Sturdy girl. I still am. episode because mm-hmm. you didn't like to wear dresses. Mm-mm, and you're like, uh, thank you. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> then I asked you why you wanted to start a podcast. And I said, because it's life and I want to talk about it. Yeah. Lots to talk about. I found that so many people can relate to this podcast that I wasn't I, I wasn't aware. I thought right. there was me and maybe one other person on the planet that felt yeah. the way I do. And now, you know, being so many episodes in, realizing how many people we are affecting, I, I can't believe it. I'm so glad we started the podcast. Oh, me I'm too. like, why didn't we do this sooner? I wasn't ready. There's yeah. no turning back at this point. No, I no, mean, there's in. too many people involved. There's too many relationships we've formed at this point. Too much of our heart and souls that we've put in. We can't. We can't stop. Yeah, can't stop. Won't stop. 
Yeah, no, try, just trying to stop us. Just try. Um, yeah, and we get so much feedback from people who, some of them are in the exact same boat. Yeah. Like the exact same, except for maybe five kids instead of seven, but otherwise the same story. Some people are men and they are in similar situations and now they've discovered they're gay and they yeah. have to get out of their marriages potentially and leave the church, yep. et cetera. Uh, we've had people who have felt religious trauma, not Mormon per se, mm-hmm. but still feel the oppression of religion and are dealing with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of ways you can relate, I think, to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And oh, we also hadn't done Patreon yet when we started this. We hadn't. That's something that started a little bit later on as well. Yeah. Patreon is fun because we started recording us talking about episodes after we record them, like on, on camera. camera. Um, and we go into a lot more detail about some things, and it's good. It's fun. We call that the after show. The after show. Yeah. And so our patrons get to watch that, along with other things that we're working on currently. So. Yeah, if there are more hours in the day. I know. I, I know. know. So that's basically episode one in a nutshell. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Let me look at my notes here. You look at your notes. She's got notes. You know, a lot of this is just the, the male versus female roles. Um, and we get into that. In, oh, in more episodes. Yeah. 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 We have episodes that just slam that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also remembering that I was just always pregnant or nursing a baby. Like always. Ew. Always. Which, in, again, <laughs> kept me st- stuck Yeah, in this Mormon thing. Well, and you didn't complete your education. No. Dropped out of school to have babies. Yep. And you didn't have a career. No. So. No, not at all. What, what could you do? Uh, have babies. That's it. Yep. So there you have it. There's uh, episode one in a nutshell. And yeah. if you are brave and want to endure it, and maybe I'm being a little too hard. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's just the audio is terrible. And we're really timid at first. But you, after- you might not know this now, but you will soon. Mary is a bit <laughs> anal when it comes to like sound and video. Know. You know and- what? Even the early stuff and the stuff that hasn't been as pristine, I still put it out there. That's true. I don't, do. So don't judge us by shit quality. It gets better. It does get mm-hmm. better. Well, I think that this prequel to the to the episode one, even though we have an episode called prequel, it's too confusing. This addendum. Are you getting rid of the prequel? No. Oh. No, that's episode two. Should I sing um, Praise to the Man? Oh, right. We did that, too. <clears throat> when we did it last time, I just kind of started. But now I'm going to well, all right. clear my throat back, and start at a lower back octave. Back up a little bit. <sighs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about how you realized you'd left the Mormon church and kind of came back. Yeah. And they sang this hymn, Praise to the Man. Yeah. And you realized that this stuff is sh- like complete shit. Yeah. And such idolatry. I couldn't, Such idolatry. I was like. Like, why are we giving homage to some dude? To Joseph Smith, who and actually s- has said. Of himself that he has done more for hum- for for humanity than Christ himself. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, he's put himself above Jesus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Praise to the man who communed with, with Jehovah. That's all I know. Mm-hmm, Do you need mm-hmm, to know more? Mm-hmm, <laughs> that's it in a nutshell, um, kids. What's the chorus? Is that not the chorus? Hail to the prophet, ascend into heaven. Is that not the bridge? Traitors and tyrants (laughs) now fight him in vain, mingling with gods. Plan. Is Cole Lob mentioned in the song? Death cannot conquer the hero again. Get the idea. So Cole Lob is not mentioned. Not in that song. Yeah, no, Cole Lob is a wacky planet. 
that Mormons <laughs> believe in. That's like episode 16. We're going to get to Kolob. Yeah, so we're a little premature. Are there more planets and shit that Mormons believe in? Or am I just thinking of Scientology? I think you're thinking of Scientology. I don't know. Although, had I stayed Mormon... Um, I would get to after I die with my husband and all of his wives that he would want to have. We get to create oh, yeah. a planet, and then I get to have spirit babies to populate that planet. Oh, Me and all you. my sister wives. And you know, I got pissed at one time that I don't get to have multiple wives because that just seems unfair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's not one thing in Mormonism that is better for the woman than it is for the man. No, everything is better for the man. All of it. Everything. Yeah. Okay. On that note, Mm -hmm. we're going to take a short break. And if you feel like it, you can dive into the original episode one of Latter-day Lesbian Podcast. And please forgive my singing. (laughs) I know it wasn't great. (laughs) And it's a shit song anyway. Actually, I don't care if I sing shit songs shittily. Nice use of the various tenses of that word. Yeah, we come up with some good words on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hello and welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out life. Does that sound right? Yeah. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. Shelly is technically the Latter-day Lesbian that we're talking about. My palms are sweating. (laughs) They are. Serious. You got this. Okay, but to be clear, you're not a current Mormon. No. Okay. Let's back up a little. So you were raised Mormon. Yes. Your parents were Mormon. Are Mormon. My parents are Mormon. Their parents were Mormon. Both sets. Yeah. What about their grandparents? On my mom's side, yeah, I think, I think so. Pioneer stock. What does it mean, pioneer stock? What does that even mean? It means that your ancestors came across the plains as pioneers and were obedient. It's something that you brag about. Like, did they follow? Is that like with Joseph Smith or something? No, that's Brigham Young. He told people to go. So the pioneer stories that I heard were all about my ancestors sacrificing all their money, everything, because they were being persecuted for the beliefs. And Brigham Young told them that God said to go west and settle Salt Lake. So I hear stories about babies dying of starvation, but we're supposed to somehow celebrate that because these were mothers being obedient to the prophet who was speaking for God. Probably Mormons who are still Mormon now, if they're listening, have heard the story about the mother having to use her mother's spoon to dig a hole in the frozen ground to bury her infant that had died. Nobody had a shovel? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of morbid. But no one was going, oh my gosh, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody risk their kids to follow a man saying he spoke for God? Like, that's not how it was presented to me. It was always admiration for this woman who was obedient enough to follow the prophet. It's real weird. I know... Almost nothing about Mormonism except for what you have told me over the last year. That's how long we've known each other. So where was Joseph Smith? So he was never in Utah. No, he was, well, do you want the church history of it or what you hear people say actually happened? There's conspiracy theories. I was taught he was always persecuted for his beliefs. People didn't like that he spoke for God and they persecuted him. They tarred and feathered him. They finally arrested him, put him in jail, and this angry mob busted into the jail and kicked in the door and shot him, and he fell through a window and died. But there's other stories going around that tell something different, like it was an inside job, or that maybe it was the mob, but they were mad at him because he was marrying 14, 15-year-old girls. So there's a lot of sketchiness there. Do you know where he lived? Somewhere east coast? Is that right? 
Right. But at some point, he was no longer in the picture, and then Brigham Young took up the calling. Yeah. Oh, he took it. <laughs> <laughs> he took it and went crazy. Yeah, he was the one with, I don't know, I'd have to look it up, 40-something wives and like 100-something kids. He was just a big pompous jerk. Apparently he was really charismatic because he got people to do stupid things like sell all of their stuff and try to travel across the country in a handcart in the middle of winter and end up dying along the way. Yet we revered these people for their obedience. And I'm like, man, those people were really stupid to say, okay, Brigham Young, you speak for God. Yeah, I'll sacrifice my family, my children to go where? Utah. To follow you? Yeah, that is where they ended up. Well, all right. So you were raised... Mormon from the time you can remember, mm-hmm. and your parents are Mormon, your, their parents are Mormon, we established that. At some point, you decided this wasn't for you, and, and this is a complicated tale to unwrap. You know, when I tell it, I never know, do I start from the beginning, the beginning like my first memories of being Mormon and how kind of traumatic it was for me, but not recognizing it as being traumatic as a child? Or do I start from when I turned 40 and kind of had this reckoning of, gosh, do I really believe in this because it's true? I think it is. Then deciding I was going to actually do my scripture reading and my praying and all this that I was supposed to be doing to actually get a true testimony and feel closer to God. Like what? I don't know. And I think that's why we've put off doing this podcast for so long because it's like, how do we, how do we even start? What what do we even start with? Because, you know, fast forward to you being 40 years old and questioning your faith for the, probably the first time ever. And also wrestling with feelings of confused sexuality. And meanwhile, you're a mother of seven children. Can I just say something really quick? If my kids ever listen to this kids, I do love you. I promise. I love you. (laughs) just remember mommy loves you okay (laughs) yes okay good (laughs) of course you love your kids it's just a lot it is a lot there's seven of them i mean i love them but geez that's a lot of kids kids. you're birthing your way into heaven okay so let's busy let's talk about that for a second okay it's fun for you to say I was birthing my way into heaven. Oh, for sure. I know you really believe that brought yeah. you somehow closer to God or Jesus or someone. Brigham Young. <laughs> Whoever's saying do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, a lot of Mormons would argue and say, well, no, I was never told how many kids to have. And I was never told how many to have either. But there was this pressure... I mean, when you get married in the temple, you talk about your posterity, you talk about be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That's like in the ceremony in the temple is you're commanded to do that. So how you would think you're not supposed to do it is beyond me. You know, every time I was pregnant again, I was like the cool kid in church, like the popular one, you know, everybody, oh, look at the DeWitts. They're having another another righteous kid. It's like you're birthing this Mormon righteous army. It sounds so weird, but I actually took pride in that. It was part of who I was, was like, I was having all of these kids and raising them in the church. That was who I was. That was everything that people liked me for, you know? You know, you sound like an insane person right now. I I know. Yep. Anyway, I don't believe in it anymore. I did back then because that's what I was told. And you don't ever question what you're told when you're Mormon. When When you're raised in such a strict Mormon household like I was, the priesthood leader above you, which was always a man because women can't have the priesthood. We just make babies. They speak for God. And the higher up you are in the chain, the more power you have over the people underneath you. So now it it's still worse to be a woman than any other like 
type of person in the Mormon church. That's like still the bottom of the... Oh yeah, bottom of the barrel. I would say even worse is gay woman, but that actually doesn't happen because you can't really be gay and be Mormon. That's not true. They'll let you stay in if you are gay and never express it, meaning you never get to have a loving relationship with who you're attracted to. So sure, you can stay Mormon, but you get to be lonely. Who, who would want that? I don't know. People have done it. Actually, there are people who have been told by their bishop leader if they will just marry a woman and have sex with a woman, then they will start having physical attraction towards that woman and they'll fall in love and blah, 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 have babies. And that's, you know, when you follow the path that God sets. I wish the audience could see me do quotations because every time I say God says, I want to do the air quotes. air quotes. Thank you. Anyway, if you just follow God's path for you, you'll find happiness. So there's like this slew of Mormon men who are gay and who have made the decision to be obedient to what their leaders have told them, get married, have kids, and their families have fallen apart. Because you can't, you can't pretend, you can't pretend to be straight. It's like, I don't think you can pretend to be gay. It's not, it's not long lasting. And again, I can find the news stories on these people. They've done blogs, they've done interviews and things, but just tragic because it's not just that man's life who's kind of screwed up. It's the woman who we married, who was trusting that he would eventually find her to be attractive um, it's the kids who are now have a broken home. You know, it's, it's the ramifications are more than just the one gay guy. So something you just said made me think of something. So you said if the gay guy, for instance, would just marry a woman and have sex with her, then he would eventually be happy. Yeah, because he's following God's plan. God's plan is all about marriage in the temple, procreation, enduring till the end. That's it. If you kept having children, you would also be happy. Yeah, like that was my divine calling was to be a mother. And for me, if I'm going to do something, like I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be the best at it. Maybe I'm competitive in that way. But if, if that was my divine calling, yeah, I was going to have a lot of kids. And my pregnancies were relatively easy. It was never hard for me to get pregnant. And I had people around me, family members who struggled with infertility. And because I was so brainwashed into Mormonism, I thought that I was just blessed because it was so easy for me to get pregnant, that that was God's way of wanting me to have more. Like I, I, I always was able to get pregnant. So I was being obedient. And because I was so screwed up in the head that I thought my job on earth was to be a mother, that that's, that's what I did. Did your parents encourage you to have more children? Like, where did you get this idea? Um, no, no one ever said you need to have more kids. But again, in the temple, you're taught. So in the temple, the man is supposed to be like Adam and the woman is supposed to be like Eve. And it kind of tells a story of the Garden of Eden. And the command was to multiply and replenish the earth. There's also been conference talks, conferences, um, a Mormon thing where like the big Mormon leaders get together twice a year and, and they give speeches, we call them talks, and it's broadcast worldwide. And like all of Mormondom sits around with their pen and pencil waiting to write down things that are just for sure meant for them from God. You know, it's pretty ridiculous. There's been Mormon talks saying that the commandment to replenish the earth is still in effect. And for some reason I heard that and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. And I had pride in that too. Like I was very proud that I was able to have a lot of kids when people around me couldn't or didn't want to. I thought they were being less obedient which sucks. It sucks to say that out loud, but I was pretty prideful. I was looking down my nose at other Mormons who weren't as Mormon as I was. Sucks. Sucks to admit. So they were not maybe able to have kids, but, and so you were more Mormon or a better Mormon somehow? For me, it was like I was being blessed because I was able to have more kids. People who were choosing to not have more kids, I had a problem with them. 
Like, well, don't you know you're supposed to have more kids? Because I couldn't afford kids. God will provide. That's what I was always told. You have the kids, God will provide. And back when we were having all the kids, um, my husband made a ton of money. Like, we were rolling in the dough. And so, again, we took that as God putting his stamp of approval. Yeah, keep having those babies and I'll keep blessing you with money. Which sounds so ridiculous now that God would care <laughs> to give a well-off white family anyway, like a bunch more money so they can have more kids when there's people who are probably praying every day that their husband gets a job because he's been out of work for a year, you know, whatever the case is, or be able to afford some surgery. And a God's like, nah, I don't have time for that. I'm blessing those two people right there who are going to have a bunch of kids. I'm just going to keep giving them more money. But I thought that. But can I just say I sound like an idiot right now when I say this? <laughs> like the stuff that I thought, ugh. Okay, go ahead. When you think of Mormonism now, what's a word that comes to mind? Uh, cult. Absolutely cult. And when I was Mormon, if someone said it was a cult, oh, wow, that would upset me. I would defend it. No, we're not told how to believe. We have our choices. No, you, you kind of don't. Like you, Here's your choice. You can choose to follow the prophet and be obedient and do whatever he says and be saved and God blesses you and loves you. There's choice A. Choice B is to go against what the prophet says, which means you're not being obedient, which means you're not going to be saved. Like, are, are those even choices? Um, so I'm from a long line of Christians, too, not Mormons. Uh-huh. But they have this expression, lukewarm Christian. Do you guys talk about that sort of thing? There are Jack Mormons, which are Mormons who maybe, maybe don't believe. They'll kind of drink on the weekends. They'll go to church on Sunday morning, probably a little hungover, but they don't advertise it. Like, you don't want people to know that you're that way. I don't know. In my experience, there's not really a a way to be a partial Mormon. And there was actually a, a conference talk again given about how Mormonism isn't a cafeteria-style religion. Like, you can't just pick and choose what you believe. You believe in all of it. Again, I took that to heart. But I was also raised in a family who never doubted anything that came from the prophet. Nothing. Like he was revered. His word was God's. It doesn't matter what it was. So I was raised believing that that's that's just how it is. Didn't matter what he said. And you always just bought it all. Oh yeah, 100%. Even so, when I was um, younger, like teenager, early college, I had had my wild streak. There's lots of reasons behind that. I'm sure we'll go into that eventually. But even when I was being wild when I was out drinking, you know, hanging out with guys, whatever. In my mind, I still, again, air quotes, knew the church was true and that someday I would live it completely because that was the only way I was going to be happy. So even in my wild times, I still had the guilt that I wasn't following all the rules. I never could really enjoy my freedom as a teenager. Because it went against church doctrine? Because I felt guilty for every little thing I did. So why'd you do it? Why did you rebel? Why were you wild? <sighs> wow, there's, there's a lot. There's, this is a lot of podcasts worth. <laughs> the, why did I rebel? Um, I wasn't happy growing up. There was a lot of contention in my house. I didn't feel very loved. And looking back, it's so much easier to see why I felt the ways I did. So I have three older brothers, and they're very macho men. And my dad is a very macho man. He's military, has served missions, has always been in charge of whatever he's doing. He's in charge. He's always the boss. 
And then I have my mom who's very sweet and very kind, but also has no opinion, um, does whatever my dad wants her to do, whatever he says. He talks over her, he calls all the shots, and she's just somehow managed to become helpless. She was kind of helpless my whole childhood, if, I, if I'm being honest. But So there I'm growing up seeing the roles. Like I think when you're a kid, you look within your family's roles, like how does the world work? And for me, the world worked that the men make the decisions. They're the strong ones. They get to do all the cool things. Um, and the women get to bake bread and serve the man and knit or sew um, or whatever. And then there was me and I am not, I don't feel like I'm a doormat. You know, I don't, it was hard for me to see my mom not ever have a voice, but I kind of had to take that on. Look, looking back, being gay, there were signs of it back in elementary school. We can get into that later, but just feeling like I wanted to be a guy because I'm sure the gay thing has something to do with it, but I didn't want to be a girl because being a girl sucked. You didn't get to do anything cool. Everything that girls did that they were supposed to do as Mormons, I didn't like. Like it wasn't in me to to do that. It's it's not in me to sew. It's not in me to wear a dress. Like this this is sound, probably sounds crazy, but from the first time I can remember ever wearing a dress, I hated it, and I had to wear a dress every Sunday to church. And whenever there was like a church activity, I had to wear a dress. I hated it. Hated it. Felt weird. It felt like I was... Dressing in drag? Yeah, like like dressing in drag. It it just didn't feel right. I wouldn't even call it dressing in drag because I think people that dress in drag, they enjoy it. Like They choose that and they want to dress in drag, but it really felt like I was wearing the wrong clothes. And of course, my poor mom, you know, I'm the youngest kid and the only girl. She was so excited to have this baby girl that she could dress up and have her do tap dance and all this stuff. And she's dragging me through that shit. Like I had to do it all. Shirley Temple. I was about to say that. Okay. So my mom loved Shirley Temple, like the old black and white stuff and like the tap dancing. um, But she specifically loved her short curly hair. And so my mom would always keep my hair short and put it in, like I would get perms all the time. I think like that's a form of child abuse to make your kid look like Shirley Temple. So I always had like this short perm. Um, I've seen the pictures. It's bad. I know. It's really bad. And I had to take tap dancing. And the part that I did like about tap dancing is because they, I would put my tap dancing shoes on and clump up and down the wooden hall when we lived in Germany. I, was, I thought it was cool to make like the loud noise. It was, it was more the manly part of tap dancing was the loud banging. I didn't like all the jazz hands and stuff. I hated it. Um. But yeah, I had to like perform. This explains so much. <laughs> this is why you hate musicals. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't like them. They're cheesy. <laughs> anyway. Well, you are kind of a sturdy girl. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're not a princess type. No. I mean, the stereotype is true for a reason. There are lots of young girls that gravitate towards wanting to be princesses and wanting to like always wanting to get married and plan their wedding and wear wedding dresses and wear dresses. And that's fine for those girls. I don't like, I think everyone should get to be whoever they want to be. I'm not making fun of girls who who were that way. That's great. This wasn't me. No. But I had to, like it was expected of me and I, and I had to try to keep up with it, but it always felt wrong. My mom even tells stories and I vaguely remember going to church and I was really young, probably, probably my youngest daughter's age, so five. And my dad was always traveling like with important church stuff. And my mom would lead the music in church and she'd be up there leading the music. And I'd be sitting on the row with my brothers and 
I would just start taking my clothes off because I didn't want to wear the dress. <laughs> and my mom says she would sit there and she'd start leading the music, and then she would lead the music faster and faster and faster to try to get through the song quicker because by the time they were done with, you know, all six verses of God Praise the Man or whatever, uh, I would just be in my underwear sitting <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the pew in my underwear with my my dress, like, folded, my pantyhose. But, like, who even wears pantyhose? I hated them. She's a tidy exhibitionist. For sure. A nice, neat pile <laughs> next to me in my shoes right there and just sitting there in my underwear. So, wait a minute. God praise the man? No, I just combined, like, four different <laughs> hymn names. Like, I'm sorry. Mormons, if you're listening, I know. That's not a song. I know. Praise to the man. There. That's a name. That's a real song? Yeah. Praise to the man. Talking about Joseph Smith. Wow. Praise to the man who oh. communed with Jehovah. All you Mormons are singing along. <laughs> it's in your head now. I know. Oh, that's it's bad. That's the worst. Yeah. That's idolatry. Oh, uh, you think? I should read you the lyrics. We're, you know, one of these one of these podcasts, we're just going to open up a Mormon hymnal and I'm going to read you lyrics. That was actually one of my big moments of realizing, yes, I'm ready to leave the church. Was I, ha- I hadn't gone for, I don't know, a month or two maybe. And then I went back because I think one of my friend's kid was speaking or something. I don't remember. And then we were singing from the hymnal. And instead of just, just like singing the songs and not paying attention to the lyrics, which is what I would normally do, I actually paid attention to the lyrics. And I was just kind of disgusted at how prideful they were and how it's like basically like we're the best, we're God's army. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Because at that time, I was kind of crossing over into a, a mainstream Christian church, kind of feeling that out to see what other people did for, for church that weren't Mormon. And this church, they did the really cool um, Christian worship songs. That was called? Yeah, praise and worship songs. Yeah, okay. But the lyrics to me were beautiful in those. They were all Jesus-y and all like being forgiven and being loved and helping others. I, I loved actually going to that church and singing those songs. But then going back to that Mormon church for the one more time and saying those songs, I, I had to actually stop singing. I just kind of closed the book and put it down. I couldn't do it. It felt wrong. Yeah. So just to kind of wrap up, this is Latter-day Lesbian, you, Shelly, mm-hmm. who decided at 40 that you were no longer a Mormon mm-hmm. and you were becoming a lesbian. Do you become one <laughs> or know. you are one and then you realize it? I think that's what it is. Okay. I think that's what happened. <laughs> Also, oh yeah, mother of seven. Yep, there's the seven kids divorcing. Yeah. Yeah, starting (laughs) over. So there's a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess that's our first podcast that we're getting under our belts right now. just kind of dove in. Why do you want to do this podcast, by the way? Um, Pretty much because everyone's doing it. No, I'm kidding. That's a good reason. No, here's why. So when I left the church and met people who were not Mormon and had never been Mormon, they would always be so shocked at things I would say about how I used to believe and how things went down. Like every time, shocked. Not just passively like, oh yeah, well I was Catholic, so I get it. No, it was like shock. And I just started realizing how crazy it is. And people would tell me, are you serious? That happened? That's crazy. And I'm just going, well, yeah, that's, that's how it was. And then as my life progressed from leaving Mormonism to then coming to terms with my sexuality, of course, that's a story because for me, it's therapeutic to talk about it. It helps me understand myself better. And I hope there's people who listen that might be in a similar situation or just not similar situation at all and just maybe find the strength to stand up for themselves or to um, go after what makes them happy. And I feel like I have a story to tell. Like I could just start the podcast right now and not even go back any time. And I could, there's just so much going on with who I am now, with leaving the church, with dealing with my family who's not happy about it, um, dealing with 
the seven kids and the ex and he's got a new girlfriend and my girlfriend, we live together and I've got to find a job and there's just, it's life, you know, it's life. And I want to talk about it. I like it. Okay. Well, let's, let's make a podcast. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Thanks. Some more to come. Until next time. Talk to you later.